This is Polar Geopolitics, a podcast analyzing the global and regional implications of rapid environmental change and rising international interest in the Arctic and Antarctica. Hi, this is Eric Baglia in Stockholm, Sweden. Time now for episode 38 of the Polar Geopolitics podcast. Finally getting to a topic that I think has been undercovered, under-discussed um, here on this podcast, and that's the Antarctic geopolitics of South America. And of course, Argentina and Chile are well-known uh, actors in Antarctica. But the precise topic we're going to be talking about on this episode is uh, the geopolitics of Brazil in terms of Antarctica. It's something I hadn't really thought that much about. It crossed my mind a few times. I think, so what about Brazil? What about Brazilian activity in Antarctica. And then this new book comes out, and I say, I got to talk about that with its author, who I have here on the phone line. It's Ignacio Javier Cardone, a researcher at the University of Sao Paulo in Brazil. His new book is called The Antarctic Politics of Brazil, Where the Tropic Meets the Pole. So, Ignacio, thank you very much for joining us here on the Polo Geopolitics Podcast. Thank you, Eric. I'm very glad to be here. I mean, so really fill me in here. Now, this is a topic that I can't say I know that much about. You have positioned yourself as a world authority on the uh, Antarctic politics of Brazil, and I think that's a very welcome addition to the uh, body of knowledge about uh, polar geopolitics in general. So uh, why don't you start by uh, just explaining to us to what extent that Brazil is interested and engaged in Antarctica? After a few years of research, I would say that Brazil is interested in a very endurable, but also in a limited way. Let me develop that a little further. Brazil is in Antarctica, have a long-lasting presence already, almost 40 years in the continent and in the Antarctic system. And it's not going anywhere in the sense of uh, leaving their responsibilities and their involvement. But also, I don't see them changing their role in any significant way as they are really interested in Antarctica. They are involved and engaged. Okay, that's interesting because when you speak of Brazil, you know, some years ago there was talk about the idea of the BRICS countries, you know, Brazil, uh, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. All the other ones are quite engaged in general, but uh, Brazil... As, uh, as perhaps your book goes into, it uh, maybe hasn't been as much engaged, even though it is not that far from Antarctica. You're currently at the moment in Curitiba, which is the southernmost part of Brazil or one of the southernmost parts of Brazil, closer to the Antarctic than to the Amazon, as a matter of fact. So why would Brazil not, I mean, as, as a rising regional, if not global power, why would Brazil not really uh, set its gaze southwards and really try to make a mark for itself in Antarctica the way its neighbors uh, Argentina and Chile have done? Well, for Brazil, I mean, historically, it has been very pragmatic in their engagement with Antarctica. So they want to be there. They want to be to have a meaningful intervention in the continent. They want to have a say in the futures of the continent. So they want participate in the regime, but it's always had been a lot on how to do that in the more, let's say, economic way. I mean, not spending too much and having a limited program, but a very well-developed one. So when you see the Antarctic program of Brazil, it's a very solid one, but they haven't changed a lot the geographical scope uh, they have expanded the research in terms of issues and uh, number of researchers, but 
they don't have this need that Argentina and Chile had to extend their presence to the other parts of Antarctica. That is basically because they don't claim any region. There was this theory in, well, they call it a theory of defrontation, Teoria de Defrontación, which was developed by a geographer, Teresina de Castro, and she proposed to claim an area for Brazil, but that didn't fit well with the foreign policy of Brazil, so they didn't do that. And then when they have to decide where to locate their station and everything, they opted for the more pragmatic decision, which was to establish themselves in the King George Island or 25th of May, and not in what uh, it was supposed to be their sector. So they didn't have this need to cover geographical area because of some claim or territorial interest. And I think that's explained why they didn't expand themselves. And probably they don't have the resources to expand their presence in the continent in the way China did in the last few years, or even India. So I think that's explained why they are really pragmatic. So it's basically just enough to get them a seat at the table, but not really enough to project influence into Antarctica. Is that is that how you would characterize it? Yes. I mean, they want both to be there and to have a presence and to have a participation in political decisions. And of course, there are interests from scientists to do research there, but they don't have this uh, political interest in expanding the area or having a wider presence. And actually, that would cost a lot. So they opt for having a more safe a secure operation, a more comfortable one. I mean, the, the the current station is really great. I have been there in the 2020 when they're inaugurated, and it, it's amazing. I mean, it's an incredible infrastructure. So they decided to do that instead of, let's say, open to station of lesser quality or safety. Okay, so there is there is new money going in there. There's new Brazilian resources being uh, invested in Antarctica, but you don't see that as sort of as a as a signal of a future increased Antarctic activity in the years ahead. This is more just uh, let's do something, let's do it well, and keep it at that level for now. Yeah, that's the way I see it. They haven't expanded significantly. The only action they did, and it was significant, was the installation of an automatic uh, station in the interior of the continent, the Cryosphere 1. I think it was established in 2011. That expanded the, the area of research for Brazil significantly. But after that, they were supposed to install a second station, which, which wasn't possible because they lacked the resources for that. And also, it has a lot to do with the way in which the Antarctic program is structured within Brazil. Because the money for the station and the vessels and all that came from the Navy. And that's much easily funded that it is, for instance, to fund Antarctic research. So you don't have any trouble in funding a station that costs like 100 million U.S. dollars. But you will find some troubles in funding research that the last call amounted about four 
million US for three years. So uh, there is a differential approach on the way in which the Antarctic program is funded. And that has a lot to do on the way in which Brazil's structure is institutional design for Antarctica. But I would say that there is no interest in going beyond what they have already achieved. Of course, you have scientists trying to push the Antarctic agenda. Of course, you have some military trying to extend the covered area. But the government is always like reluctantly uh, releasing money for those objectives. And what they have chosen is actually to have the better quality on what they have. So uh, have a good environmental performance. You have a good environmental performance. You have uh, a good safety within their infrastructure. You have comfort for people operating there, but they don't want it to extend too much. They will probably do that if they can manage to operate by air in the interior, but that's not a sure thing. They are changing the airplanes and probably it will depend on the Air Force. Do they see their interest in Antarctica in relation to other countries, perhaps in relation to Argentina or entirely other countries, Russia, China, the United States, Australia, or they purely see it as what, you know, what can Brazil get out of it, whether it's prestige or some sort of scientific advances as being a part of their, their agenda in Antarctica, or is there other factors that kind of go into their calculations when they're deciding whether we're going to put money into a scientific station or a scientific research program or some sort of vessel or aircraft, etc.? Well, I think there are a lot of things involved. The main driver for Brazilian involvement was economic research. It is not a coincidence that they get interested in Antarctica in the 1970s, when discussions about maritime and mineral resources were having place within the Antarctic regime. So actually, Brazil get interested in Antarctica because that was being discussed. You can see that in the way they designing their first policy for Antarctica. It was explicit at that time. And then it evolved in a way that includes uh, environmental concerns, but again, linked with their economic interests. Because uh, right now, when they justify their involvement in Antarctica, you will see a narrative that says that Antarctica is important because what happens there could have effects in their main economic activity, which is agriculture. And of course, there's always this idea that at some point, natural resources, Antarctic natural resources are going to be exploited. And if Brazil remains there, it could have participation in any economic activity taking place in Antarctica. And you can hear that within the military and other actors here. But I think that, of course, you have other interests as well. In the 1970s, 1980s, the Cold War made them worry or have some concerns about security and defense. But actually, nobody really worries too much about that. What they have, they have this interesting in being a global player that's important for Brazil. So having a, a seat in the table, it is important for Brazil as a global player. As a regional power, and that's a different thing because 
in Antarctica, for Latin America, the, the two main actors are Argentina and Chile, because they have claims, they have wider presence in Antarctica, they have longer history there, they have more money involved, uh, more resources. I don't see Brazil trying to take over that leadership. They usually collaborate with both Argentina and Chile. And Argentina and Chile have been favorable to Brazil's involvement in Antarctica since the late 1970s, especially after Poland started to be active in the Antarctic Peninsula area. It works fine within Latin America, Brazil's involvement, because it gives more base for the whole regional involvement in the area. Argentina and Chile doesn't actually see it as a challenge to their leadership in the area or to their claims, at least not at this point. And I think for Brazil, it's an opportunity to be on an exclusive club of relevant actors. It gives it a place in discussions that no many countries have a place. But again, if you check the way in which, for instance, Itamaraty see uh, or, or give importance to Antarctica, you will see that it is not that relevant for its foreign policy. Antarctica is within a department which takes together the seabed and the space. So it's Division de Mar, Espaço y Antarctica, the three sectors together. And usually it's small stuff with no specialization on the issue, and they will stay there for a few years and then they change the diplomats that are in charge of the department. When you compare that with what happens in Argentina and Chile, where they usually are more high-ranked officials with more experience on the issue and everything, it seems clear that it's not the same for Brazil. So I don't see them try to use that for any kind of leverage regionally or globally, but there is relevance to its stance at the international and regional level. I mean, they, they want it to be there. They just don't want to spend too much money or too much resources. Again, it's very pragmatical the way they, they address their presence in Antarctica. You're also an expert on South American uh, Antarctic geopolitics in general, uh, specifically Argentina and Chile, as you're talking about now. I mean, do you see there as being a certain common perspective between the these three major South American countries and their activities in Antarctica, with perhaps Brazil being the junior partner and, as you mentioned, the, the other two to some extent welcoming Brazil's presence? Is it maybe that bolsters their own position, their own status, their own negotiating position when it comes to dealing with other Antarctic players such as the UK or Russia or China or the United States? Is there, you would say then, a, a common South American perspective on Antarctic geopolitics? Yeah, I won't say there is a common perspective in the sense that Argentina and Chile have claims that the other ones doesn't share. That's a, a significant difference. But at the same time, as claims are frozen because of the Antarctic Treaty, and the treaty ensures that other things are prioritized, they have aligned their aims or objectives in a really, really important way. Argentina and Chile have started to, to be aligned with Brazil since uh, the early 1980s uh, within the Antarctic regime. I mean, especially after the, the, the failure of the mineral agreement, the Cramra, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, 
uh, Uruguay, Peru, and Ecuador started to act together in many, many instances. From the 1990, if I'm not wrong, you have the RAPAL, Meeting of Administrative Latin American Antarctic Programs, uh, which is parallel with the General Meeting of Antarctic Administrators, and tried to coordinate logistics, not in a political way, but it's the first institutionalization of some form of coordination between the programs. So they have a lot of common objectives and positions. They share a lot of infrastructure. So it works in many ways as a regional policy towards Antarctica. Also, you have uh, Venezuela and Colombia starting to be engaged in Antarctica as well. So, yeah, I would say that Brazil have aligned with Argentina and Chile in many ways. They are really well integrated in many ways. They collaborate a lot, but it's not exclusive for Latin America. Just because we are nearby and we have a similar culture, we have a lot of interchanges in other areas like the military or scientists. I would say that we share some view in many, many things. Not all, of course, but in many things we share a common view here in Latin America regarding Antarctica. What are the, the biggest issues for the South American countries in Antarctica at the moment? I mean, here I'm speaking from a Swedish perspective up here in, in the the, uh, the northern polar region in the Arctic. Climate change, of course, uh, dominates the debate. Energy resources, which are more or less off the table in, in the southern polar region. But uh, what, what are the main issues that come to light when you're talking about the Antarctic from the perspective of Chile, of, of Argentina, of Brazil, and some of the other uh, South American countries? What, 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 what are they most concerned with? And is there any areas of conflict with some of the other interested parties in Antarctica? One of the main issues is actually the environmental impact of climate change in South America, because any significant change in Antarctica could have important impacts in the ecological balance of the maritime and continental space of South America. So there's a lot of concerns on how that could play. Latin America has been always interested on what happened in Antarctica from an environmental perspective. That's what explained why Argentina and Chile promoted the Article 5 of the nuclear ban in Antarctica, and they were in favor of a total ban of mineration during the Madrid Protocol negotiation. There is also concerns on how to contain some potential challenges to the Antarctic Treaty as a regime, because the Antarctic Treaty established a delicate political balance that endured for so many years. And in many ways, climate change could challenge that. And if that happens, there is no certainty on what way it could go. And that could be a concern for South America, which could be affected any activity in Antarctica. So I would say that both the maintenance of political balance and the ecological balance are concerns for South America right now in the Antarctic. Is there any areas the of... the fisheries, of course, yeah. This might be a stupid question, but do any of the South American countries, as far as you know, have any interest in the Arctic at this point? Or is there attention fully focused on Antarctica and the Arctic is just too far away and out of their, their range of, of perceived interests? Or, or is there some sort of bipolar outlook in any of these countries? 
for Argentina and Chile, I would say that would be contradictory because it would be a contradiction because they usually are against the involvement of northern countries in Antarctica. So it would not be coherent to be involved in the Arctic. And there are, of course, budgetary limitations. Now, you said something in passing there that... Uh caught my attention that I would I'd like you to perhaps expand upon a bit where you said that the Latin American countries uh, are against the the involvement of northern hemisphere countries in the Antarctic perhaps you could say more about that uh, how is that manifest what are the sort of the historical roots of that and is this something that is sort of an active uh, situation or is this just sort of a sort of a, a long-running grudge that is not really going to develop any further well, I, I think it, it's a historical situation that it started in Latin America with the development of geopolitical thought, especially in Argentina and Chile, but also in Brazil with the development of the frontage theory of Tercinha de Castro, which basically denied the, the possibility of any northern country to climb in territory in Antarctica because of the geographical position. And that's something that was shared in many ways by Argentina and Chile, because it has a lot to do with the area of influence and uh, security zone. So, for instance, they push the inclusion of the American sector within the 1947 Rio Pact, or uh, what we call the TR. So the, this idea that the northern countries could have uh, some presence in Antarctica was counterintuitive for those geopoliticians, basically because they were on the other side of the world, the words on the antipodes of the world. So for security reasons, uh, economic reasons, and political reasons, they saw that as maybe unnatural or uh, inconvenient in some point. And especially because they saw that as a colonialist attitude, which they were against. And that, and that spirit have endured in many ways in Latin America. And the Teresina Castro Frontage frontage theory was actually accepted by, not, not accepted, but was followed by other Latin American countries because it gave Uruguay, Ecuador, and Peru also a sector in the what it's called the American sector of Antarctica. So they, they saw that as an opportunity to have a a piece of the pie, let's say. Of course, that, that means to reject the British claim to the Antarctic Peninsula area. And that, of course, is still a source of controversy, perhaps, the, the British claim in particular, right, since that does overlap with Chile and Argentina? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. But as well with the other Latin American countries, because they, they haven't claimed, but they do not accept, not the British claim, but nor the Argentinian Chilean claims. It would be a potential conflict for everyone. And and when you see the Antarctic Peninsula is the most crowded region in Antarctica. So to solve that in territorial terms would be very, very conflictive and controversial. So I, I think it's a good way to to keep it as it is now. But yes, it, it's an unsolved situation. Is there a certain um, Latin American outlook on the non-colonial powers that are now active in Antarctica, like India, China, and others? Well, not with, not with India, at least that I'm aware of, but there is some concerns over 
China potential interest in Antarctica, uh, especially regarding natural resources. Um, it is important to know that the Brazil Antarctic Station that has been reconstructed after the fire of 2012 was built by a Chinese company. This started a kind of commercial relationship that will endure for at least some decades because maintenance. So they are becoming very relevant player in Antarctica. Probably Latin America will start to look some solutions from them, uh, at least to the point they they couldn't find that in other partners, especially because of the controversies uh, with the, the UK. Okay, so they, they turned to China because of ongoing tensions with the United Kingdom. I don't think they they are looking for China because Argentina and Chile have a conflict with the UK. They are collaborating a lot with the UK despite the conflict. What I'm saying is that maybe in those areas where they have some barriers for collaboration, they could look for support from China or other non-traditional partners. But, I mean, it's Antarctica is really interesting in the sense that you will see collaboration between unlikely partners, you know, like people that have conflict, active conflict, collaborating with each other. It's a very special place for for understanding international relations. No, that's why we do this podcast. I think it's it is indeed it, both the both the polar regions uh, lead to all kinds of unusual situations. And uh, really happy to talk to you uh, tonight, uh, Ignacio, about uh, the uh, geopolitics of Brazil in Antarctica, as well as uh, Chile and Argentina and other countries of Latin America. Learned a lot uh, that I did not know. So thank you very much for joining us uh, on uh, the Polar Geopolitics Podcast. Congratulations on your new book, The Antarctic Politics of Brazil, Where the Tropic Meets the Pole, Ignacio Cardone. Thanks a lot for joining us here on Polar Geopolitics. Thank you, Eric. 